Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. I'll try that again. Buenos dias. Good morning. All right. This is BGMC Sunday, and we had a lot of special events that went on the last few months on Mission Sunday, so we haven't had BGMC for a while, so I know that you have been saving up all that coinage, and I left my sheet with my information over here. Y'all didn't know that a lady could run, did you? Okay. <laughs> this, this month, the kids are going to be learning about Vietnam. And I just wonder, is there anybody here who served in Vietnam in the military? Brother Ron, anybody else? No? All right. Well, thank you, Brother Ron. <laughs> yeah, give him a hand. That... It's hard to serve anywhere, but that one was really hard, especially when they came home. Anyway, so it's a long, skinny country in Southeast Asia, and BGNC is very active there. Buddhism is the main religion, yet many say they're Buddhist, but they don't really follow anything. So over 80% of the people really have no religion at all. 7% are Roman Catholic, and then others follow the Chinese religion of Taoism. And of course, you had the mountain tribes which worship various spirits, the trees and the whatevers. So, and a lot of people honor their ancestors. But, now the Assemblies of God, they don't print information that could possibly get out on the internet, although, yeah, we're on the internet there. But, um, it's a little different on the video than it is in print, let me put it that way. Anyway, um, there are, we do have people there working and they work with children and they have schools and there's churches and there's a, there is a very vibrant church planting effort going on there. Um, and things are opening up some as far as licensing of official churches. And so that is a really big praise the Lord. And BGMC is a big part of that. They fund Kids Quest stuff and they fund materials and supplies for the Bible training and Bible schools because that's a big deal. Basically, uh, one of my friends, um, they travel to different places in the mountainous regions in order to do Bible classes and the pastors have to go a long ways to get there even so but that way it's closer than trying to travel the whole country because most of the pastors are very very poor um, and a lot of them persecuted or have underground churches and so um, BGMC helps with all of the training of the um, Bible training and all the materials that they need in the orphanage work like I said there's a big orphanage there um, and a home of hope 
and backpacks for kids. And then there's funds for a Vietnam hospital and we purchase hospital equipment and have a coffee shop ministry and lots of stuff going, water filtration. So BGMC is helping in a lot of ways to spread the gospel in Vietnam. And it is really going forth from the um, newsletters that I get from my uh, various friends who are there. And so we just praise the Lord for all he's doing in Vietnam. Lord, we just thank you for the offering that is coming in today, not just for BGMC as the people come forward, Lord, but Lord, we thank you for the missions offering that people are gonna put into the regular offering, Lord, that, that people will dig deep and sacrifice to send people around the world, Lord, to spread the good news that you may be king of all, Lord, as you say you are. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your giving to BGMC this morning. We hear missionaries talk about the, the, the things that they get because of BGMC and the, uh, the paperwork and all their, their curriculum and everything, and it's a wonderful thing to be able to do that for them. I uh, want to welcome you this morning. It's good to see you all here. Bright-eyed, smiling faces, beautiful faces, be beautiful smiling faces. There we go. All right. And, you know, sometimes you should sit. I've always said we should put a camera right up here and, and have it on the screen. You'd smile more like you do at Walmart when you walk in down those aisles and they got the camera. Hey, man, it's good to have you here this morning. I want to welcome our guests. If you're here for the first time or the second or third time even, we're, we're glad you're here. And we want to thank you for joining us this morning and being a part of our service and just enter in and, and uh, feel at home because we want you to be at home. Amen. 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 Y'all are still asleep this morning, but that's all right. All right. Got a, a couple of announcements um, this week uh, that's coming up here. Actually, this week. They're all this week. Uh, we're having a fifth quarter. Um, this is something we do each year. Uh, we alternate with the First Baptist Church here in Long Grove. Uh, they do a, a, a home game, then we do a home game, and it, it goes back and forth. This week is our home game, and, and, and I love it because this is homecoming week. And so there'll be, you know, everybody in Lone Grove goes to the football game, especially on homecoming week. And so uh, there'll be a lot of kids there that we can uh, announce and reach out to, and they'll be announced at the game. But we're doing a fifth quarter following the game. Uh, we're going to do it down in our, our pavilion, our, our recreation area down there. And so uh, let everybody know, uh, if you've got kids in school or grandkids in school, let them know, hey, come by the church after the game and hang out. Uh, we're, it's very similar to what we did last year. We'll have some hot dogs and chips and drinks and, and uh, 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 cookies and snack cakes and stuff for them to eat on. Um, but more importantly, it's an opportunity for us to hang out with them. 
and for them to get to come. Some of these kids may not go to church. Some of them ha may be scared to go to church, but they'll come with a friend and hang out and, and, and play games. Uh, and, and we usually do like a cornhole tournament, give them some prizes away for that and just, just something for them to do. Uh, for those that they may ask, why do we do this? Last year, Jonathan and I, the youth pastor at the First Baptist, got together and we said we've heard some stories of what happens after some of the games. Uh, that kids leave the game, they'll go to somebody's house or go somewhere and some stuff happens that they don't need to be involved in. And so we decided we want to give them an alternative, a place to go after the, after the home games that they can go and it be safe. And, and not only that, we can love on them. We can share the love of Jesus. Because that's what we're all about, is sharing the love of Jesus. And so, uh, so we've, we've begun this program doing this. And so, but I need some help. And so in your bulletins this morning, you'll see a flyer for the fifth quarter um, that, that talks about, uh, this is kind of what we, we don't put them out everywhere, but we, we put them out for the kids to see. But on the back of it, it says help needed. Uh, obviously, Jill and I can't do this by ourselves, And so we need some help Friday night. Now, some of you may look at it and go, midnight, I'm usually in bed by then. Uh, some may say I'm usually in bed by the time the game's over. We'll sleep in that morning, take a nap that afternoon, come out and help us because we, we need some help with this. And here's the deal. We're, we're not asking you to discipline kids or to wrangle kids. We just want you to love on them because some of these kids will come to church. Some of them come to you. Some of them come to an event like this and they don't have anybody home that loves them. They don't, they don't see love. And so this is our opportunity to show the love of Jesus to them by just being there and giving them a high five. And, you know, and, and, and there's a little bit of patrol in the parking lot to make sure they're not out there making out or doing things that they shouldn't. And uh, at youth camp, they tell us, if you're here with your spouse, you need to be out there in the dark areas making out so the kids aren't. So if you need a date night, come get a hot dog and sit in the parking lot and make out so the kids aren't in the, in the again, if you're married. And with the one you're married to, I should say that as well. Don't be jealous. And if, if you would like to donate some hot dogs and buns and chips and cookies and snack cakes and stuff, we'll, we'll be glad to take those and use those as well uh, to be a part of that. But this, this is a great ministry for us to, to reach kids that don't normally come to our church or to even to church anywhere because we, we have them show up that uh, they don't go anywhere to church. And so that's a great opportunity to minister to them. Um, next Sunday evening is our Labor Day uh, picnic cookout. And uh, so back down to the pavilion where we normally have it, uh, we'll be having our cookout. I believe there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. If not, there, there will be one to, uh, um, to sign up. We'll, we'll do the hot dogs and hamburgers. The church supplies those. And then usually everybody brings sides and desserts and uh, homemade ice cream and stuff like that. So uh, pastor used to ask for uh, um, banana pudding. But, you know, he's not here, so we'll just do homemade ice cream. How's that? I mean, if you want to bring banana pudding, we'll eat that as well. But, but, uh, but that'll be at six o'clock next Sunday evening. So don't forget about that. And also, I wanted to make mention. Um, we've we've got our new prayer list uh, that we've set up, and uh, so that we can send out prayer needs. We sent out one last night, and and also uh, like yesterday, we sent out a reminder about the uh, the prime timers lunch. Uh, if you need to be on that, want to be on that, you, you obviously need to be on it. But if you want to be on that, in the bulletin, it has the instructions how to do it. All you have to do is send a text. Uh, you send it to the number 81010 and you send and you text the at symbol, the little A circle thing, LGAG Church. And if you'll text that to the number 81010, you'll be added to that list automatically. We'll send out one message from the church. It'll go to everybody on the list. And so when there's prayer needs 
or uh, just an announcement for the church, especially during inclement weather and we, we decide not to have service, it'll go out, you'll get those messages, you'll, it'll come in a form of text message and you'll receive that. And so if you want to be on there, grab a bulletin, the, the numbers and the what's it's in here. And someone said, well, who do we contact about being on the prayer list? And so I added uh, our church office number is on here. You can call the office, but if you don't get anybody there, um, then you, if you want to call me directly, I'll be the one right now that, that adds to that list. And so if you have a need uh, and, and no one's in the office, if it's after hours or, or just whenever, and it doesn't matter when, uh, call me. If I don't answer, leave a message or shoot a text, either way. Um, but I've got my number on there as well. You can, you can get a hold of me and I'll be sure and put it on the, and, and send out a prayer need because we, sometimes prayer needs can't wait till Sunday. Sometimes at midnight you, you got a need and something happens and you need prayer. And so shoot me a text. If I don't wake up and answer it, you know, I may be dead asleep. But as soon as I see it, I'll, I'll put it on the prayer list and it'll go out to everybody to pray. And so uh, usually I wake up when I get a phone call. But um, like I said, you can either leave me a message or just shoot a text and that way we'll get it. And so uh, we want to make sure that we, we keep that going because it's important. Prayer is important because prayer works. Amen. I said prayer works. Amen. Amen. And so when, when we go before the throne room of heaven with prayer, with our needs, it catches his attention. You know what else grabs the attention of God? And I found this true all of my life, that when I worship him, when I give him thanks and I praise him, he, it grabs his ear and he hears our praise and he inhabits our praise. And when we cry out and praise and worship, we get his attention. Amen. When, when one of my kids come in and they start talking about how good looking I am and how smart I am, they get my ear and anything they want, they're going to get. Maybe not anything. But when we worship God and we praise God, it grabs his attention. I, I believe he tells the angels hush because my children are crying out in praise. And we're going to do that this morning. Stand with me this morning. We're going to worship the Lord. And I believe we're going to reach the throne room of heaven. I believe we're going to reach God's attention this morning. And as we do that, it will, he will open up and he will bless us and he will pour out blessings on us. We're going to take up offering in just a little bit. I know some of you are pointing at the offering place, but, uh, but we believe God, we get his attention through our worship. So let's just begin this morning. Why don't we just worship him in our own words before we sing? Why don't we just give out a praise to him this morning? Father, we love you this morning. Lord, we glorify you this morning. We exalt you this morning. We praise you this morning because you're worthy of our praise, God. God, we welcome you into this place. God, we pray that you come and move in a mighty way and touch lives. God, pour out your Holy Spirit, God, this morning. God, move through this place, Lord. Lord, we pray for healing and deliverance. God, we pray that you just come and have your way, God, because we want your way, not ours. We want your will, not ours, God. We love you this morning. We glorify you this morning. We exalt you this morning because you're worthy of it. God, you deserve our praise because of everything that you've done. And God, we give you glory for everything this morning. And we love you. And we bless your holy name. Hallelujah. This morning feeling fine I woke up with heaven on my mind I woke up with joy in my soul Cause I knew my Lord had control I knew I was walking in the light Cause I'd been on my knees in the night And I prayed till the Lord gave me a sign 
walking with Jesus all the time. We're walking and talking as we climb. We're traveling a road to the sky where I know I live when I die. He's been telling me all about that land. And it tells me that everything is grand. And it says that a home will be mine. And now I'm feeling mighty fine. You know I'm feeling mighty fine. I've got heaven on my mind. Don't you know I want to go where the milk and honey flow. There's a light that always shines down inside. Is an 
So come now, Lord, like never before. In every season, your grace has been enough. And I'm believing the best is yet to come. Yes, the cross before me, my hope on things above. And in you, Jesus, the best is yet to come. Oh, sing your presence, Lord. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Just move in this place, God. Move in this place. 
you know, his presence is with us, but until we, until we just open up and give him room to flow, it's just here. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on us. But if we open ourselves up and just let him move, there is no end to what his presence can do. Father, we open ourselves up to you this morning. We humble ourselves at your feet, God. Father, we want you to move in this place. We want you to move in our hearts, God. We want you to move in our family. We want you to move in this church, Lord. Father, so just open those doors, God, so that we can enter in. Yes, God. Just sing it one more time softly, your presence. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before. Thank you. Oh, your presence, God. Your presence, Jesus. Mending every heart. You are here. 
demanding every heart we worship you we worship you Keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Sing it again. Waymaker, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Well, sing it again. Sing it till you believe it. Waymaker, Lord, waymaker, miracle keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are oh we gotta sing it one more time waymaker lord waymaker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are even when i don't see it you're still working god yes even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who. Keeper, light in the darkness. Yes, that is who you are. Sing it one more time. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are.
maker right now. Thank you, Lord, that you know how to make a way right now in the impossible circumstance that I'm facing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I want to know how many of you have an impossible situation that you need the way maker to come through for you. I want you to lift your hand and then, you, you know what you're talking about. Put it up. We're going there, there's something impossible in front of you and you need a way maker to move the mountain. We're going to believe God together that that's exactly what he's going to do. If somebody lifted their hand right around you and, and you didn't, why don't you be a prayer partner with them? Hold those hands up again so we can see, so we can see and we can pray for each other. Amen. Amen. Let, let's pray fervently, church. Father, thank you that you have a way, just as you just said, a way through this trial or tribulation or this crisis. Lord, we believe that you know how to, how to move mountains and that by faith we can reach out and touch the hem of your garment and we'll see your power at work. So, Lord, we receive by, by faith right now the assurance that this mountain is going to be moved in the name of Jesus. Healings that are, that are absolutely necessary, critically necessary. God, we put them in your hands right now and believe that, that you're going to bring the, the miraculous healing to bodies and change the circumstances completely, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that your grace is always, always, always more than enough for us, more than adequate. Lord, you are a way maker and we just praise you and bless you and thank you that you are. Thank you that you're my way maker. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to be our way maker tomorrow and the years ahead. We don't have a thing to worry about because we can trust in your faithfulness, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Let's worship the Lord with the giving of our tithes and offerings this morning. How many of you love worshiping the Lord with your giving? That, that's something that you know, you can either love it and do it because you love it, or you can actually just kind of, well, you know, he says he loves a cheerful giver, but I think he'd go ahead and take it from a grouch. He has to sometimes. <laughs> but but let, let's, be, let's be cheerful givers. Let's, let's be worshipers this morning as we, as we give. Would you, join, would you join me? Lord, we just want to worship you with our giving. We give you our finances. We give you our financial complexities. God, we pray that your presence will be all over our finances, God, that you'll, you'll help us do things right. You'll help us just make good decisions. Lord, we just pray that you'll, you'll cause the people in this, in this church to, to be abundantly blessed because they love you and they love supporting the work of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, sir.
praise the Lord. more thing I want to I want to pray with you about is my mic working yes is it good I can't hear it up here it's all right but I don't need to as long as you can uh, there's one more thing I want to pray with you about and that is uh, the the pressing the most urgent need that we have as a church God we need a pastor we're, we're praying that you send the pastor the pastor the person you have chosen to be the leader I, I, I just use words like this for the next 10 years. I don't know how long the Lord wants them to stay, but I, I, for, for the next period of time, we need a leader. We, we need somebody who's got an anointing on their life, who's got a call on their life, who's willing to go wherever the Lord sends them. They, they may have never heard of Lone Grove, or they may have lived very near here all their life, or, for that matter. But it, it, that's not what matters to the Lord. What matters to the Lord is, is, it, is it His will? How many of you believe there is a person, there is only one that is the will of God? I, I, I know we could find, you know, a whole bunch of candidates and, and say, well, whichever one of you want to. You know? No, that, that's, not, that's not the way it works. We need to find that one that God knows. God knows he has, he has developed them. He has trained them. He has his hand upon them and he wants them. He, he wants him or her in, in, in Long Grove, right, right where I'm standing. He wants them leading this church. And, and uh, I, I just feel impressed that I should talk to you about the will of God like this, that, that, you, that you make it your intent for, to not miss the will of God. You know, the, here's, here's what, the more we pursue the will of God, the more God will bring us together around the same person. If we're being led, if we're being led, then, then and we're getting led by the Spirit to, to uh, select the person that God, it, it's His will for Him to come. We'll all end up in 100% unity and, a, and one accord. And, and I'm telling you that when, when that happens, there's nothing can, that can stop a church. The, the, the number one enemy of a church is disunity. And, and we can overcome unity by, by praying and fervently letting the Lord lead our hearts. So I want you to pray that, that God will just show uh, us as a church, His will. Lord, lead the person that is your will. Pray it however you want to pray it, but I, I, I'm just, I, feel, I feel very necessary that, that you fervently get a hold of this idea of praying for His will and that every single one of us are praying the same thing. Lord, send the person that it's your will. Let's stand and pray that all right now. Would you join me? I, I'd, I'd like for all of you to join me uh, if, you, if you're willing to pray out loud, pray out loud. But if not, you can pray softly as is comfortable for you. But I want, I want the Lord to hear every one of us. Lord, we are crying out from the bottom of our heart. I'm, I'm praying with this beautiful church, this church family. We want to be in one accord about your will. We want to be seeking the same thing. We want to be pursuing the same goal. Lord, we want to be, we, we know that what, the answer for the future of this church is your will. Lord, lead, the, lead us down the road that leads us according to your will, I pray. Lord, may your will happen. May your will uh, be elected. May your will uh, be what leads this church 
for the next uh, generation, God. We just pray that you'll, you'll bring the person here who, who's, who's going to be the preacher that you want to use here, the person you want to use in this community, and, and, and the person you want to lead this church to its next level of greatness, God. We just pray that all of these things will happen because we, we submitted and embraced your will, Lord. We, I pray it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And they're praying it with me. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated again. You know, one, one of the ways, uh, I, I've had a lot of people ask me over the, over the years, and I've asked the question of myself a lot of the years, how do I find the Lord's will? And in, in the Bible, there were a lot of, lot of places that somebody had to find the Lord's will. And I find in the Bible that the Lord just spoke to them. And, and you know what? He still does. How many of you believe the Lord talks to us? I, I, I can guarantee you the Lord talks to us. Now, that doesn't mean everybody's listening, and, and it doesn't mean everybody is willing to trust His voice. But just the same God who, who gave us ears so we could hear each other, He gave us a spirit that has the ability to hear His spirit, His presence, His voice talk to us. He even said it. In John, the 10th chapter, he said, my sheep know my voice. I, I, it, was, it was when I was a, a teenager that I, I started hearing the Lord's voice. And, uh, and, and he, he called me to ministry, and, and then I, I would see the things that he said, were gonna, uh, that, that he verified what, what he had said with, with other things. And, uh, and I, 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 love, I love it when the Lord speaks to me, but... I don't control when the Lord speaks to me. I just control whether I'm listening or not. But the, I'll say this, the closer you get to God, the more you want to be with Him, the more likely you are to be listening when He speaks to you. Because if you're not hearing Him speak to you, it's not because He's not willing to talk to you. He's talking to you. He, he wants to talk to you about a lot of things. And, he, and I believe even in this seeking His will, he will talk to us. He'll, he, he, Lord, talk to those people on the, on the selection committee. Talk to them and give them, give them uh, direct words. And give the, every, I just pray the Lord gives everybody in this congregation, the, He speaks to you in your heart. And so, so that you end up electing the person that God will because you all heard it from the Lord. And you all heard from the same thing. Amen. Well, I'm preaching to you this morning about the Scriptures inspired. Now, I got those words from, uh, of all things, our, our 16 fundamental truths. The, the Assemblies of God has 16 fundamental truths, and they've been the same since 1914, uh, probably put together by P.C. Nelson and people like that that, that really, really just knew how to, how to write. They, there was an anointing on them as they spoke and as they wrote and, and miracles that happened through their lives. And, uh, but they started off our list of the... the you know, the people that had come together, what is it that we have in common? What are the beliefs we hold dear? What, what are the beliefs that we know are right straight out of the Scriptures? What, what are we supposed to believe together? And they started the list with, with this, with this uh, uh, saying in, in the very first one, the Scriptures, uh, both Old and New Testaments, are verbally inspired of God and are the revelation of God to man the infallible, authoritative rule of faith and conduct. Some of those words come straight from Scripture, uh, that rule of faith and conduct. And, 
And of course the scripture is a revelation of God to man. And of course the scripture is infallible. God wouldn't make something imperfect. God, the, the word of God that he spoke to the, those who would write the word of God, the, uh, the, the, it was without error. Now, now we've dealt through, taking it through translations and that's why you have several translations trying, trying, to, trying to get to the, the core. What was it that, that, was, uh, that God spoke through, through, the, uh, through his word that is infallible? And I believe God keeps his hand on those who are, are sincerely seeking to, to make a translation that is, uh, that, that's really coming through with his truth. I believe he speaks to those people who are prayerfully doing their job. And, uh, but the scriptures, you know, it, it's, we, we are so blessed to have the miracle of this book. We are so blessed to have what God, what God gave us there. What would, what would we know about God? If we didn't have this, let, let, let's look, let's look at the text this morning. Second Timothy chapter three, verses 15 through 17. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures, Paul says to, to Timothy. For you've been taught since childhood and they have given you wisdom to receive salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. Thank God for that. It shows us when we're wrong. It shows us when we've gotten off the path. You know, it shows us if you're reading it. If you're hearing it. You know, people that dismiss themselves from church and dismiss themselves from Bible reading, they could be missing, they in fact are missing, the correction that the Word of God would be to their to, to their thinking, all of a sudden they're, they're going to become victims of, of stinking thinking because it's the Lord who straightens out the thinking in our heads when we, when we understand what he said in his word. God, it says that it corrects us when we're wrong, and that's often. Teaches us to do what is right. Hallelujah for that. Not only tells us you're off the right path, shows us the right path to get back on. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. What am I preaching about? What is it that God uses to do every, uh, to, to equip his people to do every good work? It's the book. It's the Bible. I was in a very good Sunday school class just before our church service. I appreciated not, not only the, the, the young man uh, leading it, and I, I knew your name last Sunday, but I don't right now, but after church we'll straighten that out, okay? Uh, I, I, uh, I appreciate the way you lead and, and the way that the class is so interactive. But there's a lot of people in that class who know the Word of God. And uh, it's really powerful when, uh, when in fact, we get, to, we get to look at it together like that and, and listen to its wisdom, listen to its truth come out and, and, do, and prepare us for good works. Okay, and another scripture that talks about the, the Bible is 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Therefore, we never stop thanking God Paul said, I'll never stop thanking God that when you received this, his message from us, you didn't think of our words as, man, as, as mere human ideas. You accepted what, he said, what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And, his, and this word continues to work in you who believe. And I, I believe I see in that scripture that Paul, Paul they didn't have the New Testament, but he, the things he was saying are what ended up in the New Testament. And he knew there was an anointing on it. He knew, there was, 
He knew these words didn't come from me. God had radically changed the uh, Saul, uh, Saul the, of Tarsus. He had he'd been transformed into the Apostle Paul. And the words that were coming out of him were, were, uh, were words that were coming straight from God. And he, he thanked God that the people had the, had the discernment, that they, they were on a spiritual level to, be, to receive the correction and the instruction and, and the life-giving uh, words that he was giving them. But, and, and, and the truth is today, you, you have to discern the Word of God through what's being preached, what's being taught. I mean, there's so many things. You can listen to the radio or TV any time of the day, probably anywhere in the world, and listen to people talking about the Bible. You're going to have to be able to discern what matches with His Word, what really resonates you with, 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 with the Spirit of God inside you to show you this is not just uh, it's not mere human ideas, as Paul said. Set, set the Word of God apart. It's not mere human ideas. You may think somehow, that that's when, when you're reading it, some, sometimes because you don't understand what you're reading or maybe you don't, you're not, not familiar with the context in which, in which it is, uh, you know, this sounds a little bit like mere human ideas, but it's not. Have faith in your heart. Mix faith with the Word of God. It's, it's His Word that will continue to work in you because you believe. Another scripture, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Lord, for telling us that. Thank you, Lord, for, for helping us to know this book didn't just, uh, just happen by itself, but that you spoke to people, you spoke to, uh, to prophets, and you told them what to write, and we have, the, we have this book as a result of you, you wanting us to know your word. Well, out of, out of the first doctrine, the Scriptures inspired, come rise all the other 15 doctrines. They because it's because the Scripture is inspired that we know the second truth. The second truth is the one true God. It talks about the Trinity. And uh, of course, that comes from how, how the Bible reveals God. And, uh, and then the, uh, the next one is the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, uh, we see the New Testament open up and this, uh, this baby being born of a virgin Mary and and, uh, and we know that this was, uh, th this is, that, that, that's the reality. The reality that the Bible is telling us is that Jesus was not just another human being. He was, in fact, deity. He, he is God and man. He's God incarnated into a human body because God was on a mission to rescue us and redeem us from our sin and to show us the way back to truth. Oh, Lord, come again, come again. Uh, the Bible is everything we need to know about living, everything we need to know about dying, everything that we need to know, and I really love, love this reality, that it's everything we need to know about our origin. When I was a, a little kid, I remember looking up at the sky and, and, and wondering, how did, how did I get here? And I'm not, I wasn't talking about how I literally got here, but I said, how did all of creation, how, how did this... How did this world get here? How did people that are so, so complex to, to make a human body, and, and there's people everywhere, how in the world did this happen? But you know what? The answer is in the Bible. You, you, you can come up with some other answer, but the answer in the Bible is the only one that works. 
And, and, and everything we need to know about the afterlife is in the Bible. Thank God for that. Everything we need to know about God is in the Bible. Everything we need to know about angels, everything we need to know about the devil and, 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 and his demons, it's all right there in the scriptures inspired. The Bible says, uh, and it's in Mark 13, actually it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three of them quote Jesus saying, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. My words will never pass away. Yeah, and, and let me explain that a little bit because I, I, I read that heaven and earth will pass away. Heaven, uh, the, the, the Greek word that's translated pass away is, is a word that means change. Heaven and earth will change. Heaven and earth is going to be transformed into, and renovated into a new heaven and new earth. That's what the scripture tells us. But he, he said, my word doesn't have to change. My, yeah, heaven and earth is going to change. It's going to go through a big transformation, but my word's never going to need to go through a big transformation because I got it right the first time. I established it. You can, you can establish your faith on it. You can establish your life on it. The Bible's, time, the Bible's teaching is timeless, absolutely. You know, it, uh, it, it starts back to, to the, in, in, the, in the days of creation, which must have been, you know, according to the, the, the people who put chronology, our timing to, to the Bible about 6,000 years ago, if you kind of add the ages and all that. Uh, then, then Moses wrote about the beginning right after, uh, during, during the, the writing of the Pentateuch, he wrote the first five books of the Bible. And, and, then, uh, and then, of course, along came the historical books where Israel, the history of Israel and God's dealing with Israel. And, and, and then the poetical books, Psalms and Job and, and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon. And then the major and minor prophets, Isaiah through Malachi. And then, then it, it gets over into the New Testament. Thank God we, we live in the day of the new covenant. And, and uh, the new covenant starts with the gospels and acts and, and then the epistles and, and then the book of Revelation. Now, all, these, all this was written miraculously by various authors. Uh, the Bible called them holy men of old. Uh, over, over a period of 1,400 years, though, those scriptures came into being. Uh, and, uh, and, and this, uh, but, but yet, uh, even though it was divided by people that didn't even know each other, the, the, the message of the Bible came out as one single message. That shows that the Bible was authored by the Holy Spirit. I, I'm preaching this to you because if you don't believe this, if somehow you, you've, you've reached a place of intellectualism, and, and there's plenty of people there. If you've been to a college, you'll probably be taught that the Bible, that, that everything I'm saying is not true, and that the Bible's not true. And if you, if you ever get there, you, you don't have a footing under you. You don't have anything to establish your life on. Last Sunday night, I preached on that, that Jesus said that if you'll, if it, it blesses the person who hears these things and does them. He compared them to a wise man who builds his house on solid rock. But without having his teaching and without believing that it's God's word, inspired and infallible and, and, and not changeable, doesn't need to be changed. If you, if you don't have that, if you, if you somehow believe the Bible is, is a, a human work, a thoroughly human work. I, had a, I was enrolling in a, in a graduate school course at a, at a seminary and they wrote me a letter after they saw my, that I pastored an Assembly of God church and said, there's something you need to know before you, before you go ahead and, and start this class. We believe the Bible is a thoroughly human work and subject to higher criticism. 
I said, I really appreciate you telling me that. So I didn't waste my, no, I didn't say it like that. I, I said, I really appreciate you telling me that because I wouldn't fit in there. I, I don't believe that at all. And, and you discerned that and you shared that with me before I, before I even came. So I understood. I didn't go, I didn't go try to correct them. I, I didn't figure I'd get very far at that. But I, I hope you never get taught that garbage. The Bible's not a thoroughly human work. And it's not subject to higher. How do you get higher criticism when it came from the highest one? It came from the high, highest it could get. It originated there. And thank God we have it. We have it. It's ours. Uh, this book will be your friend, your, your go-to resource. If you haven't discovered that, I, I hope you'll start discovering it. I, if you start with reading six verses a day or, or, or a half a chapter or start with something. And let this Bible, be, let, let this God's Word become a friend to you, the best friend you can have. I mean, the Holy Spirit will, will couple with you, the voice of the Holy Spirit will speak to you as you read the lines and, and you read, uh, read the paragraphs. The Holy Spirit will make it come alive and help you understand it. And it'll be your greatest resource in life. Uh, now, so, so here are the, the three points that I'm going to simply make. The first one is our revelation of God rests upon the foundation of the inter, inspiration of Scripture. Every book and every chapter and every verse and every line, it, because th this is how we know God. We, we don't have a picture of God, but this gives us a picture of who God is. It shows us. Uh, you know, what is your revelation of God? How much, how much do you know about God? How much do you know God? The, to, the answer to that question is directly related and connected to how much of this word you've, you've had a desire to hear and to see and to believe. Because it will, it will double your, your revelation if you just read it one time. If, if you've read from Genesis to Revelation, you have a higher revelation than you had before. But read it again. Take it a book at a time and read it and, and, let, and see how it, it changes your, your revelation. My, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John became my first books uh, of, of the Bible to, to read and get my revelation of God. And it established a revelation of God in my heart that's still there to this day. What, what do you believe God is like? What, what was the relationship between Jesus and God? Uh, th those are, are answered for us right here. Jesus says over and over, he talks about the Father and his relationship with the Father. He says, everything you hear me say, I heard it from the Father. He told me to say it. Everything you see me do, it's the Father who told me to do it. I'm here to bring him honor and glory. And the, the relationship because he was sent by God. Every truth that we believe about God is, is supported by the Bible. It came out of the Bible. It was, it's rooted in the Bible. And... and, uh, and, and and by the teaching of scriptures, that, that's, that's what makes preaching so absolutely necessary and important to, to, that the preacher is, is not preaching his opinion, but preaching the word of God. Just get, give me the word, pastor. I, I, mm. Systematic, you can go to a Bible college and take courses named Systematic Theology 1, Systematic, systematic Theology 2, and 3, and 4. I don't know if there's a five. There was only four when I went to Bible college. But all, of the, all these are is just t talking about the nature of God, the attributes of God, 
the, the doctrines of soteriology, that's salvation, and, and doctrines of eschatology and other words like that, that it, it's people that have made a science out of studying the Bible. And, and they, they have, have, uh, have organized it. You, you can study the Word as deeply as you want to uh, go because, and, and the benefit of doing so is you're going to have a greater and greater understanding of God, greater and greater revelation of God. And I, I, what could do you more good than that? Than to, than to know God more, to know God better, to, to, to not be confused or bewildered. You know Him. You know Him. You walk with Him. And, and you experience that because of your love of His Word. Jesus said in John 14, 1, Believe me that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. He, he said it's the, the proof uh, uh, that, I'm, that I'm the Son of God is, is in what you see me do and what you hear me say because I, it's what God gave me. Um, and, and, you know, we're blessed to have in the Bible the, the actual written words of the very ones who's, who were eyewitnesses of His ministry. That they, they, they saw, saw, saw His miracles, every miracle that's recorded in the Bible, and then a whole lot more beside that they saw with their own eyes and they're the ones who wrote what we, what we now have as the a revelation of God in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Isn't that amazing? And, and in Acts. Luke wrote Acts. John, the 20th chapter, verse 30 through 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. A lot more. And it says, but these are written. So He tells us why, why they wrote these. These are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. I, I, I certainly got that. When I read that, read their stories, I read their testimonies, I, I, I believed just like they believed that, yes, this was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and, and believing in Him, I also experienced life in my life like they did. And I'm so glad that God gave us that wonderful gift. I hope we're all using it. Use it to the max. Uh, I, I guess I can ask you the question, do, do you have all the revelation of God that you want? Do you have all that you want? I'm not, say, I'm not asking you that to be hateful. I, I'm asking you so that you'll ask yourself the question, have, have I, have I kind of gotten satisfied with a certain level of revelation? I think it will get me to heaven. And so I, I just... Haven't, haven't really pursued getting a greater revelation. I, I believe the Bible is waiting to show you even greater revelation. In fact, let's, let's go through our 70 or 80 or 90 or whatever years we have in this, in this body. Let's go through it with, with gaining an ever-increasing revelation of God so that when we get to heaven, we, we know Him better. You know, here's, here's the... the, the uh, uh, maybe what we ought to pray is, Lord, take away some of my appetite for the temporal. I've got a lot of appetite for the temporal perishing things of this world. Lord, would you scale that down? Would you, would you make me not so, not have such a great appetite for the things of the world that, that, are, that are just, they're, they're, they're insignificant as far as eternity is concerned. They're going to go up in smoke. They're, they're, they're worthless as far as Eternity's going Lord, Lord, would you temper my appetites for the temporal things of this world and increase my appetite for the, for the eternal revelation uh, that I can have 
from you if, if this book becomes my passion. I'm willing to pray that prayer. Are you? I am. Secondly, our, our relationship with God. First, our re revelation of God was, was, was given to us through the Scriptures, but, but now I'm talking about our relationship with God is nurtured by the teaching of, of the Scriptures inspired. And so I kind of asked the same question that I just asked about Revelation. Do you desire a greater relationship with God? A richer relationship with God? Luke, Luke the 12th chapter, talked about a guy that uh, he, he, uh, well, he, had, he had a bumper crop. He, he got so excited. He said, I never realized that I would do so well in farming. I have a, a, a crop like this that makes me rich for years to come. And, and so he, he, uh, he, he made some big decisions. He said, man, I'm, I'm going to build some bigger barns. I'm going to store it in there. I'm going I'm to go in there and kick, up, kick my feet up and, and watch TV and, and eat, drink, and be merry. And, and God said, you made a big mistake because tonight, you're, tonight your soul is required of you. And, and, uh, and, and now who's is going to be all this that is, that, that is everything you want in life that you just put in these storehouses? Uh, somebody's going to be fighting over that because you're not going to be here for it. And, uh, and, and, then, and then the scripture says that uh, so is any person who is, uh, is not rich toward God. He's rich toward the things of this world, but not rich toward God. I mean, are, are you richer in, in worldly goods than you are in relationship with God? If so, do something about that because God wants you to be rich in your relationship with God. That's the greatest way to be rich. That's the greatest thing to be rich in. In fact, if, you, if you're rich in that, everything else is provided. He, he said that as my children, I, I, I'm gonna, I, I will make sure that you have Whatever you need, I'm going to, uh, like I provide for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, I'm going to provide for you too. You know, and it all comes out of a true and genuine relationship with God. You can have peace. He said, I don't want you worrying about a thing. You know, I don't know about if he ever told us to eat, drink, and be merry, but uh, I, think, I think we have just as much advantage as a person who, who, who because we have a, a real support system. We have one that, that, that God, he's God himself, that is our support and our strength. Uh, it's because of scriptures that we know that we can have a relationship with God and, and, and what provided us that relationship with God for, by Jesus going on the cross. Uh, and, and it will show us, the scripture will show us a lot through Old Testament characters like David and Samuel and, and uh, jo Joseph and so many, many characters. The Bible show us what a relationship with God is possible. And, and, and we show, uh, that it shows us that that's available to us. If he wants to have, if he'll have that kind of relationship with anybody, he'll have it with you. He'd love to have just as rich a relationship with you as he had with King David who wrote all those songs and, and all that worship music. Uh, it's our relationship with God that decides whether or not we're going to be received or rejected when we stand before the Lord. He, the, the words that, that he spoke when he said in Matthew, 20, Matthew 7, verse about 21, 22, 23, it says that, uh, that, that many of that, that claimed to be uh, in relationship with him and, and they, they, they even did, did great works like I cast out demons in your name and I did all this miraculous stuff. And he said, depart from me, I never knew you. Just, just know, here's what it takes to, 
not be rejected, does he know you? I know I talked about this a little bit last Sunday night. Are you in relationship? Does he know you? Do you is there true, genuine relationship there? And, and it's, it's, it's a fair question because it's so easy to have. All you got to have is want it. All you got to have is, is receive the salvation that he offers us. And, and you can have a relationship with God. And that relationship with God can be nurtured, nurtured and nurtured and nurtured through the scripture. And we don't ever have to be worried about being rejected before him. Uh, when we stand before him, if we know he knows us. He talks to us. We talk to him. We, 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 uh, I love him and he loves me. I'm in relationship with him and I don't have to worry about missing the rapture. Marsha and I, over the years, it's been funny that we couldn't, when we couldn't find each other, we, we, we'd get a little worried that the rapture took place. But it happens to both of us. She's even pretended one night. It was, it was really funny, but I was really worried at that time because I couldn't find her. Used to happen when we were kids with our parents, huh? And uh, but but you know you don't ever have to be worried about missing the rapture at all if you're in relationship with God, and your your love for God will take you into his into his book, into his word, and and you'll see these people with rich relationship with God, and you'll say that's just as much mine as it is yours. I, I know him too, and I, I'm he, he I'm he may not be writing anything about Ron McCaslin in the Bible which I just assumed he didn't. There's a lot of people probably wish they weren't in there because of all the, the messes they, they, they have in there. But, uh, but I'm, I'm written in his book. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Bless, he said, rejoice in this, not that you're, the demons are subject to you, but that your name is written down in the book. That your name is, in, that you're in relationship. You're one of mine. And the Bible tells us how to have that. Uh, Psalm, or excuse me, 2 Timothy 2, 15. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That, that's just an admonition for Timothy. Now you can say Timothy was a pastor and that's why he was getting that admonition. But I believe it was, it was one for everybody who's, who wants your relationship with God to be strong. You, you want your relationship to God to be, be healthy. And, and uh, in, in fact, once, once you find words in here that, that in, inspire you, they will be become the words that you live by. Your decisions will be shaped by those words. Just like Jesus when he was tempted by the devil to do this or that, three, three different temptations, and it turned that stone into bread, or jump off here and give the angels charge over you. Or, uh, and, and, and every single one of them, he came back with a scripture that he was living by. That's the way it is with us. When you get the scriptures inside you, you, you can have defense against the, uh, the assaults of the enemy with, with different kinds of temptation. And, and because you're living by the word, you're, you're not going to fall into that temptation. You got words in you that are strong and powerful to live by. And, and our, the, the last of the three uh, points about the, the scriptures inspired is our, our realization that we are sinners. And that that really is a crisis is birthed when the spirit of God uses the scriptures to show us that reality. When I, I remember going to kids camp and, and I'd get convicted. Man, I remember one night in that, when, when the concession stand over there on the, on the south side of the creek, I think is, is the direction that, that was, that before we ever had a big tabernacle on the other side of the creek, I remember feeling that it, it was like uh, the, the Holy Spirit was on, in, in my heart and I was on fire on the inside. 
I'd already been saved at home, at my home church. That's where I'd been saved. But, but there, there was some repenting that needed to be done. No doubt what was happening, I was responding to the word being preached. And God was convicting me, making me realize that, that, that there were things in my life that weren't committed to Him and weren't surrendered to Him. And, and they were, they were going to cause me problems. And He wanted me in that altar repenting of those things and turning from those things. And, and you know, whether you get it from reading the Bible or hearing the, hearing the word preached, yeah, soak it in, soak it in because it's, it, it's able to make you realize things you're deceived about. It'll remove deception. It'll pull the blinders off your eye. You, you won't have blind spots because of, your, uh, of the things that, are, that you, you have feelings about. You, you don't want to give that up, but he'll show you. He'll show you how to overcome that. He'll make you realize a lot of stuff if you'll, if you'll let his word speak to you clearly. Uh, our, he, he tells us here that, that our enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy. That, that's all that he comes for. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have a fourth one that's good for you. That's all. He, he, he's out for bad. And, and boy, we need to realize that. We need, that, we need a, a, an awareness of that. But he said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. How about that? How opposite can it be? How is it that we fall in the enemy's traps when he makes it so clear as that? But he's the one who will help us realize the traps the enemy set for us and the doom that comes if we, in fact, or the destruction that comes to our life if we, in fact, fall for those tricks of the enemy. We, we need the scripture. You know, maybe, maybe you uh, have some scriptures in your mind that opened your eyes. What scriptures opened your eyes? I think that would be a good one for you to get a sheet of paper out and, and, and just ask the Lord, help me. Lord, what scriptures did you use to open my eyes? And see what you end up writing down. You'll probably write down a few scriptures that, that the Holy Spirit will bring to your heart that well, there were turning points in your life. They were like punctuation marks in your, in your spiritual journey. They, uh, the, 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 whole, the Lord used scriptures, scriptures to awaken you and make you realize what you weren't seeing already. Scripture alerts us uh, about the deception of the enemy and our... Uh, and our uh, that, are, that right there in the, in the Garden of Eden, right at the very beginning of our, of our history as mankind, right there before they even had kids, before uh, things uh, were developed at all, we already fell under the deception of the enemy. And it's the Word of God making us realize that because God wants our eyes open that, that this problem has affected every single human being. Every person is, is affected by the, the trap of the enemy and his trickery. The fact is, the Bible's just a literal bank of truth. Think of that. Say those words, a bank of truth. I, if, if, if somebody offered you a bank, I, I'm a little tired of running this bank, owning this bank. How about if I just give you this bank? You might ought to check the, the, the balance sheet first, but <laughs> if somebody's giving it away. But it sounds like a pretty good deal to be given a bank. You've been given something better than a bank. Do you really believe what I'm saying is true? And the more you read the Bible, the more you realize that's true. This is going to make you rich toward God. Rich toward God. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm right at the end and I'm just asking this question. Is my objective, are you perceiving, you don't know a lot about me yet. This is just the third time I've preached here and, and, uh, uh, I feel, I feel that the, uh, I don't know, I, I feel the desire to want to know all of you. Been here with you for a while so that, you know, you, 
Because they say that 85% of what, uh, what you hear from a preacher is nonverbal. Isn't that something? Instead of just what you hear me, you're, you're perceiving all kinds of other things. You don't know much about me. But uh, so, I, and I'm asking myself, I wonder what you're taking away, wait, wait, what you're taking away from this. What are you hearing? What are you, what are you, what are you thinking when I say this? What, what's my objective? Am I, am I wanting you to, am I trying to get you to read the Bible, study the Bible? Am I get you to memorize or, or meditate on the scriptures? Am I trying to persuade you then maybe, maybe I'm trying to persuade you to love the author of the Bible. I'm asking questions right now. Am I, is that what I'm doing? Is that what I, is that my objective? Uh, here's my objective. I want you to accept the message of the Bible. Yes, the message of the Bible is that the one who wrote the Bible loves you better than anybody, more than anybody has ever loved you or more than anybody ever will. He laid down his life on a cross so he could have a relationship with you. And yes, you're, you are going to end up loving the author of this book. And, and you are going to uh, be, be drawn into this book to, to uh, read it and, and some memorize some of it and, and to be led by it. But the main, main thing that I'm preaching to you this morning is I want you to buy in to the message of this book. The message of this book is, is going to bring you into relationship with God. It's going to destroy the enemy's ability to trap you and trick you. And, and it's going to give you greater and greater revelation from God. Um, I, I heard, I got to meet a guy named Murad one day. He was from a, a country. He had been a medical student in a, in a country where it was not allowed to preach the gospel of Jesus. It was uh, another religion was the state religion and, and you could be arrested if you, uh, if anybody even tried to, to proselyte you, they call it, to, from that religion to Christianity. It's amazing that that's the one that they don't want you hearing about. Is the, the, the other religions they don't feel threatened by, but Christianity they do. But anyway, he, he walked one day and he was walking one day as a medical student and he looked up in the sky and he said, God, if you, uh, if you don't show me the truth, then you can't punish me. Now, at, 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 at in one point you think that's being a little brash with God. It's being a little daring with God. But God welcomed him to say that because that meant his heart was open to receive truth. It, it's okay to pray that prayer. Lord, if you don't show me the truth, then you can't punish me. So he didn't know what was going to happen after he said that. He just said, he looked up and said that prayer. And uh, he, uh, j just a, a matter of a couple of days later, somebody, uh, another medical student, had a copy of the Bible in, in the, his language. And, and said, I don't know what to do with this. Do you, do you want it? And he said, yeah, I'll take, I'll take it. I'll, I'll do something with it. Well, he, he immediately wondered if this was an answer to his prayer. And, and, he, and he opened up the Bible to the uh, table of contents and kind of looked down through it, look, looking for something that would draw him into the, into the Bible. And he, and he saw Proverbs in, in his language. He said, that's about man. 
So he turned to Proverbs and he said before he read three verses, but just reading three verses, he, he looked up and said, somebody's lied to me. I've been told all my life that this book, don't, don't read that book, it's corrupted. In three verses, the Holy Spirit had revealed to him this was not a corrupted book. This was a book God had authored. He took that book home with him and he read it and he found Jesus as his personal Savior over in the New Testament. And he accepted Christ as his Savior. And he began looking for another Christian in his country. He, he went everywhere he could go, even where in one of the cities where there was a church because Americans who would come there would, would go to that church, but it wasn't there for the, for the people who lived there. But he, he asked the leader of that church, uh, he, he, he said, he told him about his experience and that he'd come to know Christ as his Savior. And, and the, the leader of that church put his arm around him and said, son, you know, there are many ways to heaven. He still hadn't found a Christian. He still hadn't found somebody. He, he couldn't find anybody to share his faith, but he, nobody led him to the Lord, but God did. Except God, when he, when he prayed that prayer and God answered that prayer and he got into the Bible and he found the truth and got in relationship with God. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful, awesome truth? It's reality. It's reality. Now, and he continued to, uh, he, he started winning, winning other students to the Lord and, and building underground churches in that country. He's still doing that today. And uh, I had the privilege of meeting him one time because we were, we were getting to support his ministry as a church. And uh, I just think it's a phenomenal, real story of somebody who had no chance because we couldn't send, we had, at that point, we were never able to send missionaries into, into countries that were, we called them closed. But uh, he, he heard the gospel because the, he had a heart that was searching for the truth. I pray that there's a lot more people all over the world that the Holy Spirit's just awakening. Hey, there's truth. Just ask me for it. Just ask me for it. And you know, we've been putting Bibles out in, country, in, in languages of the world. Our, our missionaries are, are a part of the translation team and, and they know exactly how many languages of the uh, there are on the earth and how many they already have a, uh, the scripture translated into and how many more and how many years it's going to take to do that. And they're working feverishly to get it done. And they, they appeal to us all the time for, for the money to be able to, to, to create those, publish those Bibles and send them in because that's what the Bible's capable of doing. It's, it's capable of waking you up from your sleep it's, and, 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 and delivering you of your spiritual blindness. It's the, it's the greatest thing that can ever happen to you to, to have access to this book and believe its truth. Just do, do, remember to do what, what the, the people in Thessalonica did that Paul was talking about earlier. He said, you heard this and you didn't think it was just mere human words, but you saw it as the Word of God. I, I wonder how many are going to go here this morning and, and feel like you heard something that was the Word of God because you, you saw it from the Scripture and you believe this as more than just human words. And you're going you're gonna to embrace this, these words and you're, and you're going you're to trust the Bible to be the truth that God revealed to your heart that will open up the door of heaven. Just like he said, we were singing a while ago, uh, that, Lord Jesus, your presence is an open door. Yeah. It is. That, that comes from the Scripture. Would you stand with me? You know, we are blessed, blessed, blessed to be living in this day and age because the Bible is more abundantly available now than it has ever been. Uh, obviously, people, there, there, are, there are people on, on the planet who've tried to stamp out the Bible. In some nations, they, they tried to burn all the Bibles, but they haven't been able to, to even reduce the number. Every year, there are more Bibles sold than any other book. 
More Bibles printed, more, more that's the, every year it's the leading, uh, leading seller. Uh, now the Bible is available in, on, on a computer for free in multiple translations. It's called Uversion, uh, a church in Oklahoma, uh, in Edmond, uh, that originated there is now all over the place. But the, uh, the guy named Greenwald headed the project. And, and these publishers that used to chart, that if you were publishing a Bible and you wanted to make it NIV, you'd have to pay them, a, uh, the, pub, the, the one who created the NIV, the, the ones, you'd have to pay them for every, uh, there used to be a $10 charge on every NIV Bible that would go to them. Uh, that, that's what I heard years ago. But uh, them and everybody else made all of their resources available to this uh, online Bible project called uh, the Bible app. That's what it's called. And uh, it's available free of charge in not just our language, languages all over the world. Think of the missions work. Because I've been to Africa and, and Vietnam and, and, and I, I went with Dwayne Jones on, uh, to the east like that, to those countries he knew so well. I never, I was anywhere they don't have cell phones. They might not have any shoes, but they have cell phones. It's crazy. They, and they have internet. And, and it's amazing. Maybe God used the Internet he, to, as one of his in-day uh, operations to be able to, to get the message of the Bible where, where we haven't sent missionaries and we don't have time to send missionaries. He, he, as long as he gets the Word there and they start reading the Word, they're gonna, it's going to happen in their life just like it did the young man I was telling you about. Thank God for the Bible. Lord, I pray you'll show us the decision you want us to make after hearing this word this morning. I pray that we'll make a decision to accept the Bible as the miracle uh, revelation of you that shows us how to have a relationship with you, that shows us how to recognize it when, when the enemy is deceiving us. Lord, we, we, are, we are so blessed to have the scriptures inspired. Thank you that it establishes all that we believe and all that we know about you, Lord. And I, I just ask you to give revelation to each one of our hearts. Lord, give, a, give revelation about, uh, about what you want the, the Bible to be to each of us. Show us what you want us to do with it, Lord. How, how you want us to embrace it and welcome it into our life and into our home. Lord, and, and maybe you want to even call some of us to be proclaimers of it, preachers and, and teachers of it for the rest of our lives. I pray that anybody who has, who, who you're calling, it's your will that that's how they spend their life, teaching and preaching and proclaiming the Bible on it. Uh, maybe from a pulpit like this, God, we just, we want them to say yes to you. Hear your voice and say yes to you, Lord. God, we just ask that in Jesus' name, you do with this message in each of our hearts what needs to be done. And, I, and with your head still bowed, is it possible that you've, you've let the enemy blind you and even though the Bible's message is so abundantly available, you haven't received Christ. You know that you're, you don't have a relationship with God. You, you might have some form of godliness, but there's no power in it. There's no power to make you free and make you, uh, and, and, and for, for God to be doing great things in your life. And what you really need this morning is to begin believing Him as He's revealed in His Word. And, and make Him your Savior. Claim Him as the Savior of your soul and your Redeemer, your life giver, the Lord of your life. 
I want you to pray a prayer with me and, and with this whole congregation. Would you slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I want, I want to do that this morning. I want, to, I want to get in relationship with Jesus Christ this morning. I want my life to be transformed. Thank you for those hands. Let's all pray this prayer together along with the, 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 the ones of you that raise your hands. In fact, let's just all lift our hands and say, Heavenly Father, <laughs> thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to be my Savior, to bear my sins on the cross. Jesus, I receive you into my heart, into my life. Be my Savior. Be my master. Show me how to live the life that God intends for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Lord, develop a relationship with you. I want a friendship with you. I want to know you and know that you know me. God, lead me. Help me embrace your word and live it every day. In Jesus' amazing name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I saw on the reel that was playing as we started the service this morning on the screens, uh, I saw, I think it was a new converts class being, being taught, a beginner's class. Is that what I was seeing, Jason? So there's a place, if you began a relationship with the Lord this morning, you should be, you should change your schedule so you can be in that. Because this church is here to help you with that relationship. And they're offering you, they're teaching you some of the fundamentals, some of the basics so that you can get your, 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 a good, strong beginning in developing that relationship and friendship with God. So thank you, thank you. Thanks for, thank you, Lord, for what you did today. What you showed us is life-changing. Keep showing us the truth and help us receive it with an open heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. I'm gonna try to beat you to the back so I can shake your hand on the way out, okay? God bless you. Hi, how are you? I love seeing young people at the church. Thanks for being here. How are you today? Good. I'm glad you're here. Hubert, bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you very much. I want to call you by name. Kate. You know, uh, I was reading some words from the Lord. Yeah. Actually, I wanted it from yeah. you and me. But Good morning. Right from Good. The Good. Praise the Lord. It was That's wonderful. Thank you very much. Tell me your name. Kathy. Okay, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. I got a sister named Kathy. I can remember that. For that one. For the K? Okay. Okay. Good. Thanks, Kathy. Good morning again. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure being here. Good. Oh, do you have Desperate for you.
Good for 